Church family, a very warm welcome to Denison Baptist Church. We do count it a privilege to worship with you today and to rejoice in who he is and all that he has done for us. This morning is really a follow-on from Easter Sunday. Uh, we're continuing our passage in Luke's Gospel and looking to see what happened uh, in light of this resurrection morning. It's going to be a bit different for us uh, this week. I'm planning to, to go for a walk through the East End of Glasgow and it's really just a picture of the story we're looking at, the passage of the two individuals who walked towards Emmaus. It's a fascinating story. It's a story where God, through his son Jesus, met with these two men. And it's a reflection, it's a picture of what God can do for each one of us. So let's journey into God's word and let's see what it is he has to say to us. God bless. begin by looking at Luke chapter 24 and verses 13 through to 35 and Luke writes these words for us. Now that same day two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place and while they were discussing and arguing Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them but they were prevented from recognizing him. Then they asked him what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things he asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going further. But they urged him, stay with us because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts burning within us when he was talking with us in the road, and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together, who said, The Lord has truly been raised, and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened in the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So these two individuals were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Emmaus was about seven and a half miles from the city. 
It was a small village. They probably lived in Emesa or coming from Jerusalem because of a Passover celebration. It was a journey that had much history. Um, it was a place where you would walk through different burial sites, the burial sites of the judges and the great prophet Samuel. It was also a journey of, of great beauty, natural beauty. But this was not what they were focusing on as they walked from Jerusalem to their hometown. They were thinking and reflecting and talking through what had happened within the city. Something had taken place in the city of Jerusalem. There was a cultural and religious shift within the city. They were walking away from Jerusalem and in many regards this walking away from the city was a metaphor of what was taking place in the hearts and minds of many individuals. The resurrection was working itself out and it was in light of the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. The resurrection was pointing people to the reality that God was doing a new thing. You know, many scientists would speak of how the universe is constantly expanding. Uh, and we have an idea of what has went before us. Uh, in light of the fact that we, we can measure just the rate of expansion of the universe today. And many scientists would describe this rate of expansion a bit like a VHS videotape. Um, they can rewind and they can rewind and they can rewind. And they can get some inkling of what happened at the very start. And almost every scientist would agree that the universe began in a moment. Something took place. For Christians, we would believe that God was that moment. God started the universe through his word. And it's the same with the Christian faith as well. You know, we can see how God is at work in so many different instances in our lives. But it all began in a moment. We can also rewind that VHS videotape and it goes all the way back to the empty tomb. And it points back to something of what God did through his son Jesus by dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead. We today are living proof of what God has done in our lives. And our passage, in many regards, is four or five minutes into that videotape. It's really people trying to ascertain and understand and explain the fact that Jesus' body has went missing and they don't really know what's going on. This is two men really trying to work out what has happened. And so as we move on in our passage and as we understand more of what God says through his word, we'll have a clearer picture of what is going on and hopefully it will challenge us to be the people God calls us to be. take a moment to read Luke chapter 24 and let's read again verses 14 through to 15. So we read these words in Luke's gospel. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place and while they were discussing and arguing Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. This is really important for us to understand. Uh, we, as we read this passage, see two men who are full of tension full of confusion as to all that has just taken place and it is here in the midst of our tension and confusion that Jesus joins him. He keeps his identity hidden. God, through his spirit, 
uh, protects uh, Jesus from being revealed in all his glory and all his fullness. And Jesus asks him, he invites him to understand more of what it is we're going through. So he asks him what we're talking about. And then he invites them to unpack uh, really what it is that they believe about a situation. Uh, and we read in verses 19 uh, through to 24, really their understanding, their interpretation uh, of all that has taken place. So in verse 19, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when we didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. Now these are, are words from two friends of Jesus, two friends who are grieving. Uh, they're absolutely gutted that they can no longer spend time with him. And they're also unbelieving, they don't actually believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And it leads to this tone, this, this unbelieving, doubting, lack of faith, tone, mentality and attitude. Uh, Jesus here does something very important, he lets them verbalise what they have internalised. Jesus allows them to, to really unpack and explain what's going on in their heart. And it's then that he gives his response. take a moment to see how it is that Jesus responds to these disciples. As they journey towards a maze, full of confusion and fear and doubt, Jesus has something to say to them. Verses 25 through 27. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. Jesus to these men is not their experience, the point of reference is the Old Testament. He's not looking at their circumstances and trying to explain what it is they saw and how they've interpreted it. He goes back to the Word of God and he makes sure that the Word of God is the foundation for the entire explanation of the resurrection. He digs right into scripture and suddenly the atmosphere has changed. Suddenly there's clarity, there's insight, there's knowledge as to what God was doing in that particular moment in history. And it leads on to verses 28 uh, through to 29 uh, in our passage. So we read these words, we came near the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going further. But they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. 
Now it was custom for a stranger not to assume that they were welcome at someone else's home. So this is what Jesus was doing here. And look at how impacted they were. They went from confusion to clarity, from doubt and fear to one of hope and peace. But it didn't stop there. They actually saw Jesus for themselves. We read this in verse 30. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread and blessed. He took the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. But he disappeared from their sight. You see, they, they saw Jesus. Uh, commentators would point to the fact that this revelation was really a, a build-up of events. It began with Jesus teaching what he taught. But it wasn't just what he taught, it was how he taught it. He spoke with authority. And then it led to Jesus taking full authority in someone else's home at their table, taking the bread, breaking it, and then giving it to these two men. And in that moment, they see, they suddenly recognise who Jesus was. There's a drum roll of revelation here, and it leads to a crescendo, and it's an incredible moment. It results in the transformation of the worldview of these two men. And what's incredible, greater than that, is it elicits a response. They feel they have to do something in light of what they have just experienced, in light of who they have just encountered, which results in our next passage. verses 32 through to 35 of our passage. Luke writes, They said to each other, When our heart burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us, that very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together who said, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So what's, what is happening here? Uh, this is one piece of a much bigger jigsaw. Uh, there's testimony after testimony, and in moments that followed on from the resurrection, more and more people are encountering Christ. And this is just one example of such an encounter. There is an incredible movement of God's grace through towns and villages and throughout generations. And we see this even today. God's word has spread. Transformation has taken place. People today in 2020 are responding in faith. The revelation of Jesus elicits a response, not just in these men, but it also elicits a response in us too. As we see this passage and we see how we respond, they had to walk back to Jerusalem in the middle of what would have been a very dangerous night. They had to do it because God had done something in their life. They saw Jesus for who he was and they wanted to move forward and share. And it elicits a response in us when God does a work in our hearts and in our minds. It propels us, it causes us to respond in a certain way. There's four ways that they respond in our passage and I believe that these four ways can be a picture of each one of us when we encounter Christ. Uh, number one, they understand by talking it out 
they understand by talking it out. First and foremost, when they are walking towards Emmaus and they meet with Jesus, they find it so helpful just to share and to talk it out, to try and unpack and understand what is really going on within their heart. They have clarity when it's verbalised. And what's incredible is that Jesus is actively listening to them. It's important we understand that when it comes to, to your knowledge and your comprehension of the things of God, the meaning of life, you need to understand what it is you believe about so many different areas of life. And it's amazing how many people don't know what they believe. It's incredible we can just go along and do our own thing and not have any real firm convictions about what's going on in our world and within our own life. And so it is vital that we talk it out, that we verbalise it, or we even write it down and explain and unpack what is going on in our hearts. You know, this is why I love Alpha. Alpha is, is so important for us because it provides a safe space, a safe space for us to understand more of ourselves, to understand our world, and to understand more of who Christ is, why Christ came, what Christ has done for us. So number one, they understand by talking it out. And number two, they hear the word of God. They actually hear what it is that God's word says. Jesus makes this a foundation for his explanation of the resurrection. And it's essential that we also make it a foundation too. Uh, John Graham was an old uh, Baptist preacher, sadly passed away a few years ago. And he said this, it's one thing I always remember. Um, he said these words, never let personal experience come before the word of God. I believe that is so true for every single one of us. We cannot let personal experience come before what it is that God's word says. See, for these men, their experience came first. They let go and neglected, almost rejected what the prophets had said, and they interpreted the reality of God in light of what they saw. And this is why Jesus says, you fools. You know, you may not be a Christian yet, I would encourage you, before you try and understand your life in light of your experience, to open up God's Word and to hear what God says through His Word. I can think of many testimonies of where people have came to faith and it's been through a season of difficulty and questioning and trying to work so many different things out, but suddenly the light came on. They understood, they saw, they recognised Jesus when He opened up His Word. And this is something we're going to look at in a bit more detail as we move on. Let's just take a moment to recap the first two points. Number one, they understand by talking it through, by processing the reality of what just happened. And number two, they take time to hear the words of Jesus. They take time to understand and process the word of God. And this leads us on to point number three. They see Jesus for who he really is. They see Jesus for who he really is. It's more than hearing what the Bible says. It's more than hearing and processing and understanding accurately what Scripture says. You have to see Jesus. You have to have some 
level of a supernatural encounter with the risen Saviour. And when it happens, something incredible takes place. God changes your priorities. He transforms your desires. You move from darkness to light, from turmoil to peace, from confusion to clarity. Matthew Henry, uh, writing on this passage, highlights something relevant to us uh, and important for us to identify when we think about the journey we take from darkness to light. Uh, Henry says this, See how Christ by his spirit and grace makes himself known to the souls of his people. He opens the scriptures to them, for they are they which testify of him to those who search for them and search for him in them. He meets them at his table in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, and commonly there makes further discoveries of himself to them, as known to them in the breaking of bread. But the work is completed by the opening of the eyes of their mind and causing the scales to fall off from them, as from Paul's in his conversion. If he that gives the revelation do not give the understanding, we are in the dark still. I find that a really helpful uh, quote because it's, it's speaking of the fact that it is God who has to illuminate and it is God who transforms our lives. You know, you can more, you can know so much of what scripture says. The question I want to ask uh, today is, have you truly encountered the risen Saviour? As these disciples encountered Jesus, have you experienced the love of God? Has it been shed abroad in your heart? Has Jesus made a tangible difference to your life? Can you say, I have seen Jesus. You know, you can respond to all that we've talked about today via the links in this video. The disciples made a decision. They, they welcomed Jesus into their home and that was a decision they had to make. And when they welcomed Jesus, they saw him for all that he was. I would invite you to make a similar decision to welcome Jesus. And as you welcome him, see him for who he is, for all that he has done for you. Point number three, they see Jesus for who he really is. And finally, point number four, they share with others what they experienced. You see, when you hear of who God is through his word, when you experience that in your heart, this is something of a, a word and spirit moment. And it really results in true transformation. The word and the experience of God results naturally in you sharing of who God is. And I do believe when you have a life that is rooted in his word and you can testify to his grace and his goodness, you will carry boldness to share. You'll be able to say to your friends and your family, your work colleagues, your neighbours, this is the difference that Jesus has made to me in my life. This is who I was. This is who I now am. You know, we're doing something in social media at the moment and we're basically highlighting different people within the life of the church who have been transformed by God's grace. And I've been amazed at the response from so many folk, Christians and non-Christians. And it really touches upon something very important. There's real power in testimony because the testimony is pointing to the power of God. And people long to experience that power, even though they don't know that yet. They long to have some transformational experience that will result in a changed life. This is why so many people are interested in these stories. And this is why... Many have responded through asking questions. Let me just suggest to you that your life would be one where it is truly an outworking of the reality of the resurrection. When we think of that historical moment 2,000 years ago, may your life be a reflection of that. 
Again, if you have any questions, any thoughts around anything that we've talked about from this passage, do contact us. We would love to hear your questions and we would love to encourage you and show you the reality of God, the difference he has made to our lives and the transforming power he can give to you. Let's pray together. So Father, we, we thank you for your word and we thank you that there is real power in your word. We thank you that as we have taken time to understand what your word says, that there is now opportunity to respond in faith. And Lord, I pray that for those of us who don't know you yet, we would make that decision today. We wouldn't postpone it. Uh, we would choose to follow you. And Lord, for any questions or concerns or thoughts that we might have, we would raise those. And Lord, we would begin the journey of looking at your word, of welcoming you into our lives, and ultimately of seeing you for all that you are. We love you, Lord. We pray that you would bless the remainder of our time together. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless.